for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. And welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Jake Watroba, and joining me today is the one and only Armand Kafai. Steven Jodran has the night off. On today's episode, we recap Sunday's MLS action as well as look ahead to Decision Day 2019. You can follow the show on Twitter at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. We always enjoy your feedback and comments, so continue to send them in. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, leave us a five-star review. Now, Armand, crazy day of MLS yesterday. A lot has happened since we spoke in the last 24 hours. How are you doing? What's going on? You excited for uh, Decision Day 2019? I am. I'm always excited for Decision Day. It's always a lot more fun when you're actually in the stadium. Uh, I know last year uh, Dallas was playing and they weren't on, uh, they were away playing at Colorado ha 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 and um, the feel isn't there because on decision day you're like panicking you're like yo what's going on what's new scenario you're like have like all of, like the people in the press box have like phones up like they're looking at uh, ESPN Plus or at Time MLS Live oh what's happening here what's happening here boom 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 and it, it it's a really fun experience there's a bunch of hectic stuff you see players. Looked around, like, not knowing what they would do. Like, hot take. I really wish the NFL would do this. A decision day on the last day of the regular season instead of, like, okay, have their normal setup or something like that. I would love to see the chaos amongst NFL fans with, like, a decision day-esque format. Hotter take. I wish MLS would schedule more of their games at the same time. Kind of what we see in England where you have the early game and then you have the five or six matches, uh, I guess, you know, at nine o'clock or whatever time zone you're in, you know, you have the, you have the middle chunk of the, of the, the, of the triple header. And then you close out with the afternoon or the late game on the, on Saturday. I wish MLS would do that more often. Just so we, we, we consistently had it or had a slate of games going on at the same time, rather than, you know, this game starts at 6.30, this game starts at 7, this is at 8, 8.30, so on and so forth. I, I really enjoy the spectacle that is Decision Day, where everybody's playing at once, everybody who's still in it feels like they have a chance still, there's scoreboard watching going on, there's no games that, well, because this game ended two hours ago, now this other game doesn't mean anything, like you were saying in the NFL, where you might have a game that you know was from the noon, uh, the noon uh, slates of games that ended that you know ended up deciding the fate of one of the teams that was playing at three o'clock. So I, I really do enjoy that MLS does this uh, does decision day this way. But listeners, we are going to recap yesterday's action, and then we're also going to look ahead. To decision day 2019 and Armand you had your eyes glued to the TV yesterday you also had them glued to Cowboys Saints however what did we see yesterday or sorry Sunday 
in MLS? Well, I mean, first off in the East, we saw the Revs clinch a playoff spot. I mean, unbelievable job by Bruce Fernandez's staff. Gustavo Bo with a brilliant chip laid on over Sean Johnson to, to secure a 2-0 victory over NYCFC. But NYCFC still clinched the number one seed in the Eastern Conference with Philadelphia's 2-0 loss to Columbus Crew. Go figure. Atlanta's draw also helped with that. Red Bull DC, the Fox game that was a flex, not really a flex, a 0-0 draw. Uh, TFC also drew Chicago 2-2, and now that 4-6 through six spots are looking like a big dogfight between these teams. In the West, Jake, you were at Minnesota LAFC. Fun game, great atmosphere. Pitch looked terrible, but fun game. 1-1 one, one draw between the, top, the one seed and the two seed in the West. Seattle scores late off a San Jose error. Jordan Morris in stoppage time to give them a 1-0 victory. The Galaxy, I mean, what on earth happened at the end of that play? They lost to the lowly Vancouver Whitecaps 4-3, blowing a chance to hop into the top two. Yikes, yikes. Rails to Lake clinched their playoff spot with a strong performance. And the Western Conference, guys, spots 6-7 through seven are still up for grabs. FCD losing to Colorado 3-0. San Jose losing to Seattle. Portland drawing SKC in a wild affair. And Jake, the best part is the Colorado Rapids are still alive and, to be honest, have a kind of realistic shot at making the playoffs if some results go their way. You just love to see it, don't you? Because that was your team. That was the team you 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 said was the the team to watch this year or the team you were most interested in watching when we started this campaign. And here we are the final week of the season after we, we mocked, we ridiculed you about how terrible the Rapids were. And here they are with an outside chance of making the Western conference playoffs. I mean, look, they're, they, they are a good team talent wise. They have good pieces. Like, I, the problem was their coaching was really bad. And credit to Connor Casey as well, who, you know, stay the ship until Robin Frazier was able to come in and provide some. They look night and day, like night and day from what they were uh, when I was watching them earlier in the season. They look strong. They look like they have an identity. They look like they know what they're doing. They put teams on their back. Jack Price, such an underrated midfielder with his set piece ability. Kai Kamara is coming alive. Look, I think we had Sam Stagecoe on the show uh I think either before season or a couple of weeks in. And he said that the Rapids were a team that they could be interesting uh, in the future. And they have a good, a bun- a good p- amount of solid pieces around them. They're a great, they're a good team, man. Like, I don't think their talent was that bad. And I mean, look, if some results go their way, they're going to be in. I mean, they're honestly, and this is my, I guess, take from Sunday's events. They're the hottest team in the Western Conference right now. Four wins out of the last five. Big wins against teams like a Seattle and a Red Bull. The Galaxy, too. You can't tell me the Rapids are under, aren't deserving of that last spot. Sure, they've had a bad start of the season. But, I mean, that's why those games kind of matter. But th- th- this upward swing. All they need is an FC Dallas loss, a San Jose loss, and a win by a goal. And they're in. They're in. They're in. That's That's crazy. Now they have to play LAFC. You know, it's a difficult game. But that they have an outside chance of getting in is remarkable. It's credit to Robin Fraser and her staff. But, Jake, what what do you take away from what happened? I mean, I know you were at Minnesota LAFC, like I mentioned, but 
What do you take away from the events that happened on Sunday? Before I answer that question, I want to ask you this about the Rapids. Oh. Oh. If you're a team like Minnesota, if you're a team like Seattle, if you're a team like the Galaxy, are the Rapids the one team you do not want to see slide in to that seventh seed in the Western Conference when it's all said and done next weekend? Yes, I would be terrified of the Rapids. I'm not even joking. They are playing very good football. Uh, a lot of some of their wins have been at home. Maybe an asterisk around that Seattle win because Seattle was very shorthanded. But I would not want to play them. No. Even if I was a Minnesota United. They have new life, Jake. I mean, a team has new life, new new identity. They want to prove to the world they're wrong. They're they're the team. You know, the, like we always talk about that one team that gets really hot late on and wins MLS Cup. I don't think they'll even get close to the MLS Cup, but I think they could scare a team in the first round easily and have an upset and go into the second round. I think they can't, honestly. I'm not even joking. I think they can pull off an, an upset over a team like a Minnesota, uh, even a Galaxy without – I don't even know what the Galaxy have been doing 90% of the time. But, yes, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think, I think that, that I, I would be very scared of the Rapids relative to an FC Dallas or a San Jose Earthquakes. Well, the Galaxy, they look they look a little exposed right now after last week's loss to the Vancouver Whitecaps. This is what I take away from this past weekend's action. How in the hell did the LA Galaxy lose at home to the Vancouver Whitecaps, Armand? What a missed opportunity for the Galaxy to just take a stranglehold of the second seed in the Western conference you beat the Whitecaps Minnesota and LAFC draw you would have slid into second you would have controlled your own destiny you had a game to close out the season against the Houston Dynamo a team you should beat but then again they didn't beat last year at home when it when it really mattered and you you just take a dump right on right on the midfield right there you just take a big old dump at home against the lowly Vancouver Whitecaps. And I want to read some things from Zlatan Ibrahimovic here post-match. Zlatan was quoted as saying, Very disappointing, because this is not what we wanted. We wanted a good ending in the regular season, and this reminds me of the last game last season. We weren't in the playoffs last year. That's the only difference. It was not a good game from us. Total opposite. Bad game already from the start. We do so many mistakes, we didn't even deserve to get points from this game. That's a pretty harsh uh, pretty harsh last line there, Armand. Jake, you see the, the last goal was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in a soccer game. I'm not even exaggerating. I couldn't believe it. It was like a jailbreak. It was the easiest goal you could score for the Whitecaps. It was like an error. And then all of a sudden, I look. I'm like, oh, there has to be a defender behind the Galaxy defender who made the mistake. There was no one. Literally no one. They pushed up. It was the 94th minute. Take the draw. You've been going up and down this entire game. You go 52 points, then what? You're in a lot better position than you are at 51. Like, ah. Well, Armand. You concern me, man. What's the one thing we've said about the Galaxy that has concerned us or given us pause to say this team can make a run in the Western Conference. Defense? It's their, it's their defending. And like you said, case in point, this, the, the fourth goal by, by 
the Whitecaps, where was the defending? Where was everybody? Is that is that a coaching decision to push everybody forward? In, the, in, in late in that late in that game, I guess it has to be because like I can't think of any other reason why. If it was a dumb coaching decision, like it was a literal jailbreak. There's really just acres of grass. Like if you're the Galaxy, you really can't afford to drop points at home. You can't. I mean, in that situation, you probably don't want to tie, but you really can't afford to lose to the Vancouver Whitecaps at home. What the hell was that? Unbelievable. Unbelievable finish to that game. It was crazy. I was walking out of the Minnesota United match, and I'm on the concourse, and there's TVs in the concourse, and the TVs all switched to whatever it was showing Minnesota United related and flipped on the LA Galaxy Vancouver Whitecaps match, and I, I had to stop in my tracks to like really make sure what I was seeing was was true that it was the, the Whitecaps four, Galaxy three. So that result has left the door wide open for some uh, crazy storylines going into next weekend, Decision Day, twenty nineteen. Minnesota and Seattle are essentially playing for second place. In the Western Conference, the winner of that match will take sole possession of second place. Portland and San Jose are essentially playing for a playoff spot. That's a playoff game, a play-in game. Uh, Love to see that. Dallas can clinch with a win over SKC or a draw, depending on some other results. If Minnesota and Seattle draw and the Galaxy beat the Houston Dynamo, the Galaxy will jump into second place. RSL has the opportunity to host a playoff game. They would need the LA Galaxy to drop points against the Dynamo and then beat the Whitecaps themselves. And like we've said, the Rapids, they can still make it. They just need a, they just need Dallas to lose. They need San Jose to lose. They need to score a couple goals and against LAFC and get a win. Bam, they're in. It's crazy to think about. Now, Armand, take us through what's happening in the East. What are the storylines in the Eastern Conference next weekend. So the Union and NYCFC play. Atlanta and New England play. Plain and simple. For Atlanta and Philadelphia, it's a, it's a battle for the second seed in the Eastern Conference and home field throughout the, to, uh, throughout to the semifinals. Then, like I talked about earlier, it's that 4-6 through six battle between D.C., Red Bull, and Toronto. D.C. playing FC Cincinnati, both without Wayne Rooney. Montreal and the Red Bulls playing, Toronto and Columbus playing. Depending on how those results shake out, one team could be hosting, the other team could be on the road. It's going to be a very in- interesting couple of uh, matches going on in the Eastern Conference, but not as intense as the West. No, the West is crazy. The West is wide open, too. Like You have four teams vying for two spots. And uh, Armand, I want to ask you this. Since everything is figured out, for the most part, in the East, in the West... Who do you see taking the the second seed? I'm going Galaxy. I think Seattle and Minnesota will draw. I think they will draw, and the Galaxy will pull out like a, a nervy 2-1 victory over Houston, and they'll jump into second place with that draw, and everyone will be like, what the hell? How does this happen? Like, they're really bad, but they're somehow the second seed in, in, the, in, the, Eastern, in the Western Conference, excuse me. Uh, and they'll be licking their chops. Well, I take that back. They will not be licking their chops if, if they have to play the San Jose Earthquakes because I think they'll lose. Uh, but 
No, I have a feeling it might be the Galaxy. I think Seattle and Minnesota will end up drawing that game. And for me, I think it's Seattle. I I think Seattle gets a win against Minnesota United. I think Minnesota United missed their opportunity to really grab the bull by the horns for the second seed uh, earlier this weekend with the 1-1 draw to LAFC. I really feel like they should have won that match. There was a ton of missed opportunities by striker Angelo Rodriguez in the second half to uh, secure that game for Minnesota United. And for me, I, I have a hard time seeing Seattle lose at home in the final match of the season. Now, listeners, let's get to our question of the day at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. The Eastern Conference is all but decided, minus the seeding. But there are still four teams in the West vying for two spots. Who's in and who's out? Armand, who do you have? Jake, I think you took the thunder from me uh, with, uh, I'm re- looking at the document right now. I do have Portland FC Dallas as well. It's been a valiant effort from the Rapids, but I think they'll end up drawing or losing to LAFC. I'm not really sold on San Jose. Uh, I think they'll lose on the road to Portland. I think Dallas will secure a 1-1 draw against SKC. Uh, and with the San Jose loss, that essentially guarantees them a playoff spot with a draw, which means Dallas is going to come in on the very cold end of the spectrum. But hey, get it. you just got to get in, baby. Yeah, for me, Portland, FC Dallas. I do not under I do not see any circumstance. I, maybe this is naive of me to assume this, but it's a playing game for the Timbers and the Earthquakes. And really, all the Timbers need to do is just get a draw, get a draw at home, and they're in. I I don't see how they lose to the San Jose Earthquake at home, and I also don't see how FC Dallas lose at home to Sporting Kansas City, a team that has already been eliminated from the playoffs. I just can't see a scenario in which that happens and they're on the outside looking in. Sorry, Colorado Rapids. I would love to see you guys sneak in at the very last moment. Cinderella story, if you will. But for me, my money, it's the Timbers and FC Dallas. Listeners, let us know your thoughts at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Now, Armand... Before we get to your two stars and one catfish, I wanted to ask you this, because I saw this on Twitter today, and I thought it was really interesting. I wanted to kind of get you going, because I think th- I think this question will get you going. Is Adrian Heath the favorite to win MLS Coach of the Year? Absolutely not. Delete that out of your mentions <laughs> right now, please. Absolutely not. <laughs> think anything, about it, though. It, if anything, no, no, no. If anything, it should be Manny Lagos winning technical director or sporting director of the year. The squad that Lagos has assembled has been great. I mean, I, I think personally, it should the coach of the year should go to Bob Bradley. The way that the LAFC team has been uh, functioning and the way they've been dominating opponents, their goal difference, sure, they may not have like the best uh, point total in MLS history. doesn't matter. They're the best team in MLS history by far. Uh, no cap, as the young kids will say. No Bruce Arena uh, but, mentioned there? No Bruce Arena at all? Uh, Bruce Arena did a good job, but he's not coach of the year. No, but Adrian Heath, Jake, it bugs me because I don't think he's a good coach. I, I stand by <laughs> I that. I don't it. think I knew he's it. that good of a coach. But I'm going to give credit where credit's due because Manny Lagos has done the reverse FC Dallas. So for those who don't know, FC Dallas has not that good of a team, and they've been kind of getting coached up by Luchi Gonzalez. Manny Lagos has given a team two. Adrian Heath, 
that you know what Heath can coach down a little bit, and it's okay. The team is so good. The pieces they've acquired are so good. Ike Opara, Ozzy Alonso, the draft, they hit on Dotson and Chase Gasper. I think Gasper's a little overrated, and Dotson should start over him, but that's a different story. Mentoneer has been pretty has been really good. Uh, I mean, we can go down a list. Mason Toy was a hit, and that's under uh, Lagos, and that was last year's draft. Quintero was a great signing for so cheap. I think Manny Lagos should deserve some uh, love for sporting director of the year. I do not. I I feel like the MLS media darlings though will vote will vote, have some votes for Heath to be manager of the year, but I don't I don't agree with it. I think it should go to Bob Bradley personally. You know, and, and that's how I'll be that's how I'll be voting as well. It's interesting you say that because you can argue Minnesota United might have the goalkeeper of the year in Vito Manone. They might have the defender in year of the year in Icopara, and they might have the rookie of the year in Hassani Dotson. And here you are essentially saying Adrian Heath uh, has coached them down. So you so you are essentially saying they have they potentially have these three award winners, and you were saying they they should be much better than I what think they've they shown. Should be better. I'm completely serious with you. I knew I, that question. Honestly, I knew that question would get you going, though. <laughs> yeah, but it got it got it got it got you going in a different way. It, like you're a little surprised, yeah. I'm a little surprised. I wasn't I wasn't expecting that from you, but I knew the. I saw it on Twitter, and I thought, oh, I, I gotta I gotta ask Armand this, but I can't I can't I ask it to a, a text. I gotta like blindside him with it to, to see to get his reaction. So. I love the loons. I love the loons. I love everything about them. Get a better coach. You'll be competing for MLS Cup. <laughs> well, there you have it. Now, Armand, before we wrap up. It's time for your two stars and one catfish. Who do we have uh, for this week? First star, Vela. 31 goals on the year. Phenomenal season. Phenomenal. My second star is Gustavo Bo. Oh, my goodness. That chip. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. I, I almost shed a tear halfway through. In my catfish, LA Galaxy's defense. You, you really can't be that bad. <laughs> like, seriously, you really can't be that bad. But I guess they are. You know, I don't even know if that last the Galaxy defense is really a catfish because we've been talking about they're just not that good defensively, and I don't feel like they. Uh, I don't feel like that was much of a catfish. I think we knew what we were getting going in uh, to that match. But I guess yeah, yeah, but I guess the Whitecaps. <laughs> hey, hey, anything is possible. Anything is possible with that team. That's that. Like I said, that's the team that just needed a. a I think they just needed a draw against the Dynamo last year, and, the, and they lost, and uh, that's why they didn't play in the playoffs. But Anyway, listeners, that's it for today's show. If you haven't already, please go back and listen to Monday's episode where we talked a little Christian Pulisic and Chelsea. As always, question of the day at Pod: Who's in and who's out in the Western Conference? Four teams playing for two spots. Who gets in? FC Dallas, Portland, San Jose, or Colorado. You can follow the show on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. You can follow Armand Kafai at Armand Kafai. You can follow Stephen Jodoran at Stephen Jodoran. And you can follow myself at Jake Watroba. For Armand, I'm Jake. We'll talk to you guys next time. Mm-hmm.